Welcome to Curito Connects. I'm your host, Jen, and I've been conversing with friends around the world about life challenges and impactful moments. Conversations on this platform look at answering the questions, how we overcome challenges and how our experiences shape who we are and the work we do today. I hope this work can inspire you on your own personal and individual journey. Let's dive right in. Hello, my guest today is Jessica Kaylee, founder of The Lotus Pond, a mind, body, and spiritual wellness consultancy designed for women, mothers, and the change makers of the world. Hi, Jess, and welcome to Carito Connects. Hi, Jen. So I'm excited to have, of course, of course, thank you for accepting my invitation. Um, I'm excited to have this conversation with you today about how motherhood led you to your spiritual awakening journey and your passion for holding space for other mothers and women. So could you start us off by introducing yourself to the audience um, who may be unfamiliar with you and the work you do, um, and then lead, and I'll lead you um, to help you with like a prompt (laughs) by asking you to then transition us into the person you were before you became a mom, and then like what prompted you to start this journey. Sure. Thank you. So happy to be here. Um, First of all, I am a certified meditation coach and I work with women, mothers, anybody actually who, you know, not only want to cultivate a mindfulness practice in their life, but using mindfulness, spiritual practices and meditation specifically to really meet themselves at a deeper and more authentic level. And anybody who shows up have such individual and unique goals and needs. So it's a great space that we co-create together to figure out what's next. So that's what I do today. And I work with individuals and groups. And it's just been an honor to hold spaces for people. Mm, that's beautiful. We'll get into more of what uh, the Lotus Pond does and, and how you work with your clients. But to, you know, again, to start the conversation, um, yeah, where were you at prior to becoming a mom of two boys? And what was that, I guess, like lifestyle like for you? We can go as far back as you know, your early childhood days or wherever you want to kickstart us off with, you know, um, what I guess it'd be like, what would be the Jessica be that I would have met 10 to 20 years ago? Is that the same person? I mean, we all evolve, right? So it's, you know, would that be the same person that we're meeting and talking to today? No, it's so, it's wonderful. And I love the fact that we are speaking a couple of days after International Women's Day, because I'd say that my life is kind of broken up in three different chapters um, from the perspective of a woman. So I think going all the way back, it would be like a coming of age story, you know, my adolescence years. Um, And then kind of moving into becoming from a girl into a woman, being a woman and getting married. um, And then eventually becoming a mom of two. I think these are the three different chapters of my life that I would say is my life before the Lotus Pond, Jessica. Um, 
and I think just to go back, you know, the coming of age, I think from, from a young, from a young age, um, I was, I always felt a little different than everybody, um, in terms of just like connecting at a, uh, connecting at a deeper level. I've always kind of searched for like purpose of life. <laughs> I ask these weird questions, always trying to understand like, where am I meant to be? And that's me at a young age. Um, always seeking for answers. And I think that has a lot to do with um, kind of moving around, um, going through different stages of my life. I was born in the States, uh, New York, came back to Taiwan by elementary school. Um, You know, this is where I went to TAS, Taipei American School, and was here all the way up until high school. And then I uh, moved away back to California. So I feel like these moving around and kind of experiencing different cultures and backgrounds really shaped who I was. And that was like the first chapter of my life, I'd say. So you were saying that the foundation for who you were at the time really was shaped by the fact that you moved around a lot, um, you know, your time in Taiwan. So I wanted to ask if you could define a little bit what that, uh, you know, who that person was, who was Jessica at that time? So growing up innately, I was very shy. You know, I was an introvert. I really don't speak up that much because I just like to observe and watch. Um, And in elementary school, um, that was me. But the moment that my, what changes within my family was when we moved to the States, that was actually when my my parents got a divorce, and um, we were moving around a lot um, between different cities. And it was from Taiwan all the way to the back to the states, but in just different. Um, it was a culture shock back home, you know. So I think a lot of changes were happening then, from you know my family to just culture around me. And by the time I was by sophomore year, by the time it was sophomore year. I kind of had to step out of who I was and really take charge. And I think that was a big shift for me when I decided to um, shift from just being shy and timid to really stepping out and coming into my own. And so it kind of happened very naturally in that sense. Did you have, would you say you had like a role model that you felt the need to like you said earlier, kind of be independent and not rely on uh, your siblings or uh, rely on your parents who they themselves were dealing with their own issues as well, right? Like they're, because they were going through a divorce. And so like, did that, that it sounded like that really shaped you as well, because you were observing what was happening within your nuclear family. And instead of, instead of, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, instead of like, outwardly kind of being like, well, I'm a victim in all of this too, you know, like you just stepped up and was like, all right, like I need to, I need to figure out how to fend for myself here and I need to be independent and sort school out and, you know, maybe go, go work. I don't know if you did that, Um, you know, just to really be like this independent individual because you had to grow up so quickly because of the surroundings you were in. Would you say that was kind of how it happened? No, it's beautifully put. And 
you know, in terms of role model, I think it was probably, well, most definitely my mom. <laughs> um, it's not easy for anyone to kind of have to be on one's own, especially in a new country where, you know, it's not your first language. And, you know, not to blame, you know, either or parents, but, you know, their marriage didn't work out. And so my mom, you know, being kind of our rock, um, she had to really step up. And I think watching her step up, whether it was like just to take care of our family financially, um, to just to take on roles that maybe she may or may not like wanted, but she had to do because she needed to take care of us. Like that was a big thing for me. And I think watching her and being the eldest in the family, I kind of just took it upon myself to like relieve her stress. So just take care of myself. Like that was my goal. Like if I can take care of myself, then that can relieve a lot of my mom's stress. So that really motivated me and pushed me to um, just do well in school, uh, look for my own jobs. And I, you know, I was really happy to be working. So at a really young age, you know, by by like 15, 16 years old, I just went after my first jobs and it was awesome. It was a really awesome experience to get accepted for a job and start kind of making it on your own and just standing on your own two feet. Mm. So would you, looking back, and because we're, we're, you mentioned you're breaking it down into three chapters here, would you say that at that point in time, you were pretty driven in terms of like, you know, career and who you wanted to become, the kind of women you want, women you wanted to become, and what what was that uh, picture you had painted for you, you know, for that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you're 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 in teenage years, like going into high school, college. I think that during that period of time, you're not really thinking about anything reflective instead of just going forward. So I definitely by you know, college, I had my career in front of me. I had these goals of, you know, um, not having kids until 30. I got to work my way up the corporate ladder. Um, so that felt safe, right? Because for me, I think as a woman and watching my mom, I think financial stability and having a steady job, that's what keeps me um, at that point feeling safe. So does that answer your question? <laughs> so I think oh. I was really driven. <laughs> I was really driven during that period just to keep working, um, getting as many experiences as I can, climbing up the corporate ladder, having like long-term missions. <laughs> that was me in my, um, you know, high school, college, and po- like career, career just. Mm. And then what happened? (laughs) I was going to say, so did you, did you get to that point or did something change, which then takes us to the theme of today's conversation? Yeah. Thank you. No, you know, looking back during those times, it was great because, you know, you were in, I was independent, um, working at wonderful jobs, but I think the me then I was still having that question that kind of traced all the way back when I was younger, where it's like, who am I? I think that question, that inner voice keeps kind of coming back around and around, but you don't really pay attention to it, you know? So I think the inner part of me is always like, is this what I want? Um, am I really happy? 
but you can kind of shake it off and you just keep going. But that voice was always in the back of my mind. Like, is this the purpose that is set out for me? Or in a way, what is my purpose? And during that process, just continuing to work, um, it was then that I met my now husband. Um, It was a very, very natural connection. And just to kind of give you some context, like when I met him, we were both um, right out of college and we were kind of in the same place. I think we both just got out of, um, you know, relationships that weren't necessarily right for us. Um, So we connected at a very instant, deep level. And from there, just kind of life was just floating and things were really awesome. And, you know, next thing you know, three years later, we were engaged and ready to come back to Taiwan again. And this Mm -hmm. was during the, you know, the period of time in the States where layoffs were happening, economic downfall. So it was a wonderful time for us to think about, like, maybe starting something new, coming back to Taiwan and seeing if things could shift. And that is where we began um, working together, you know, out of passion. Um, and just kind of to give you some context is coming back here, we still both had our jobs, but there was a, there was something within him where he really wanted to create his own dream, um, being a varsity basketball player, like he lived in his glory days. And so we had this fun concept of recreating that, um, glory days, basketball, this, this idea of just bringing people together through sports and basketball and creating a community out here. And we spent a good amount of time just really building that. And naturally it became our business. (laughs) So that was a big shift, right, from where I was in college to my career to coming back to Asia, being married and starting a business together. So that's Mm. a big part of my life during the womanhood years, marriage years. Well, actually, I'm just I'm a little curious because you you, you had mentioned this, um, you know, like this timeline here. And I and I don't know if you've ever thought about this. And it's just it just kind of came to me. And I just wanted to ask that you had mentioned a career trajectory for yourself, you know, like you wanted to be independent and, you know, climb corporate ladder, this and that. The fact that then you chose love, marriage, partnership, connection with your husband, still your husband now, (laughs) and you have a beautiful family. Um, And then coming, you know, choosing to uplift your, your life in the U S which was clearly a foundation for you. Once, you know, you guys left Taiwan um, to then decide to come back to Taiwan, um, where I don't know for you if you still had roots here, you know, or a draw to come back here. But then it sounded like you were also helping your husband um, fulfill his dream of creating this business. So was there at any point in that journey for you where you felt like a little bit of a struggle, kind of like, I love you, so I'm here to support what you want, and you know I can assist you in these areas that I'm good at. But this isn't really what I had wanted for myself. No, it's such a that is such a powerful question, and thank you for asking that because you know what you you know when love happens, 
it kind of just takes over, right? And that was, it sounds so cheesy and cliche, but that was exactly what happened, I think, during that point. And it really took over this part of me where I just wanted to kind of show up and just savor in this this period of time. And to me then, you know, I wasn't really thinking in that way of, oh, am I giving up certain parts of me? I kind of just like went with the flow. And, but it wasn't until, it wasn't until um, the year after we got married, um, I got pregnant. (laughs) I got pregnant and it was very unexpected because as I mentioned way earlier, I, it was at that moment where I really remember like, oh, wow, um, I never thought I wanted to have kids until I was at least 30. That was my (laughs) projection. So when it did happen, I think I was, no, I was very shocked. I was very taken aback, um, you know, and and feelings that I never thought I would have um, as a woman. And you feel guilty for having these uh, negative reactions to being a mother because what a gift, right? But then me being like, I was, I, I was considered young, right? For amongst my peers too, like all my friends were still working and had this whole career and, and, and vision, these, these future ahead of them. So when it happened, um, I was very shocked. And by then I was still working alongside my husband. So I think what kind of came at me was this idea of, wow, um, now what, right? Like my life is now shaped in this way. And I think that was the first time that I, I kind of had that, that feeling, but I didn't really think much about, about it. Mm. And yeah, so it's really interesting that you ask because <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Mm. And it wasn't until, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, it's always in hindsight that you realize those things because in the moment like you said earlier like you know you're in the moment you're living very much in the present (laughs) and it was such a beautiful experience you know like even though I was like beeping in the bag even though um you know first pregnancy it was very scary no one around me um, had experience that, like I never even touched a baby at that point, <laughs> but um, the whole process was just so organic. You know, you ask people like, "How do you, you know, how do you become a mother? You know, how do you teach your kids this?" But it just the whole process was such a flow. So by the time that um, my baby was my firstborn was here with us, um, it was just a, such an organic process. It was so easy to be his mom, and. Throughout that process, I was also continuing to work. So we're still building the business together. And everything, for the most part, felt very on track. It wasn't until three and a half years later when I had my second baby, my second son, that I started reacting a little differently. I started um to kind of transition into what I'd say that third chapter of my life where um, a different version of Jessica kind of came through. So that third, the third version of Jessica um, kind of came through in the sense that the world started kind of shifting all around me. Um, the ground kind of shifted under me and it, I had, I felt like 
losing a lot. I, I lost a lot of control um, within myself. So, I mean, if you, th- if you think about it then, for me, um, two kids, uh, lovely kids, um, I had a business that I wanted to support my husband in, and it was doing great. I had a lot to handle, and at the same time, I was going through what we now know as postpartum. There was postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression, and I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea, but all I knew was that I was totally lost. I had these up and down feelings, um, feelings that aren't necessarily talked about amongst mothers because motherhood is portrayed as this beautiful and amazing and natural experience. So mm-hmm. to talk about it and to admit to it made me feel scared and weak and it's, it was unspoken. So that version of me was where I think a lot of stuff started shifting. Can you just share with us a little bit um what some of those emotions, those unspoken emotions were for you at the time. Like you mentioned earlier, you were going through these things and you felt guilty feeling and thinking about them. Um, if you could share with us for, for you, your own journey, what, what were they? Firstly, um, guilt. A lot of guilt um, surrounded that period there was that struggle of, you know, being there for our children. Like, am I doing enough as a mom for the baby? Is it, am I doing enough for the firstborn? Am I doing enough for the company? <laughs> am I doing enough for my partner? Um, so that guilt just kind of eat away at you. You feel as if you are so overextended, you feel exhausted, you feel exhausted and constantly fatigued because you're not getting enough sleep, you are not resting, and anytime you do get to rest, are you truly resting? I wasn't. Um, And then this pressure of acting a certain way outwards, right? Like holding it all in, acting as if everything's okay. Um, Was I doing okay? Nobody... I don't think they mean to, but, you know, generally speaking, people don't check in with the mom. They check in, how's the kid? How's everything going? But how is the mom really doing? Um, That wasn't ever explored. And so what I was feeling inside was guilt, um, just shame and, you know, sadness, unexplainable sadness, at times hollowness and a lot of irritability, (laughs) a lot of irritability. And I think the, the scariest part when I thought it was really serious was when I started feeling very hollow, kind of this numbness of feeling towards everything. Like you just, you have everything that you need in life, but why do you feel so empty, mm-hmm. so empty? And yeah, emptiness. Mm. So then how did you seek help or seek um, answers to help you, um, I guess, find a path for for what you were dealing with at the time, which I I think is where we will transition into how you walked on this path and started the Lotus Fund. (laughs) Yeah, so there definitely is a happy ending, but I think it's important for any 
spiritual path, right, to go through the darkest of times. And I think it was the first time in my life during that period where I felt the way I felt. And I think a lot of, you know, negative emotions from the past or trauma kind of comes through, you know, um, as a mom, you kind of transition from a woman all of a sudden into this person of full responsibility and nurturing two kids to keep make sure that you keep them alive and not just alive in these days. It's making sure they're thriving and succeeding. And so I think that kind of also took me back to a lot of my own childhood and my own, um, you know, my own family dynamic. So you kind of go through this whole whirlwind of self-exploration. But I think it was when there was a moment, there were a couple of moments when as I was taking the care of the kids and kind of just exhausted, irritable, um, angry, there was a moment where I saw myself kind of screaming, you know, into the mirror. And I looked at myself in the mirror. And honestly, I did not know who this person was anymore. It freaked me out. It really shook me to look into the mirror and see this person I just did not recognize. Yet she was me. And I think in that moment, and in many of those moments, um, you just feel all sorts of feelings. And only if only in experiencing those feelings, you know, at the worst of it all, I think you're forced. You're you're only forced to just experience it. You can't do anything but just to be in it. And I think when you're in it long enough, hopefully. Um, at some point, you get a calling to get out of it. And I think my calling was turning around and looking at all that I have. And I think it's my children, you know, of course, my family, the support system I have around me, but looking at my kids, um, just watching them. And I think they were the source of energy to kind of pull me out of it. And I knew I had to snap out of it somehow. And that was when I knew I had to kind of make space to heal. Um, so I, the first thing I did was to stop working, you know, taking a sabbatical (laughs) to really make space for oneself. So that was the first thing I did. And it wasn't easy. It wasn't even an easy conversation to have with partner, right? Because a lot of times these struggles only you can feel. So I'm very blessed that during that time, I think, because my partner, we're, we're all so close that they he knew that this is what I needed and we were able to find a solution just for me to take some time off. And through taking time off, um, it was although it was very uncomfortable for someone that had been all my life just going, 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 to suddenly take some long period of time to just do nothing. And that's not doing nothing. I'm still a mom, right? But just to have so much time, ample time for self-exploration was really scary and uncomfortable. Um, But I think the moment I made the intention to stop and take care of myself, um, that was when, because this is your podcast, so I understand you know and, and your audience know that there's these spiritual interventions that would come through to really support us and to guide us. And up to that point, I really wasn't spiritual, but that moment when I decided to take care of myself for the sake of me and my kids and my family, um, these things just kind of started falling into place that made so much sense, even if it didn't for others. 
And they came in the forms of, I don't know, numbers, <laughs> numerology. They came in the forms of spirit guides and soul sisters that just showed up on my doorstep, dragged me out um, to recreate, to reconnect with myself in a free and creative manner. So creativity was also one thing that really took me out of my misery. <laughs> and I say that in the sense that going back and realizing who I was, I loved to write, I loved to dance, I loved music. So little by little, I resumed all those things. I, I took a writing class um, at a community center. I went to do Zumba. <laughs> I started playing the piano and cello again. And just through that kind of re just natural creative process, it really brought me back to myself. And it was in this one moment when one of my friends dragged me to a women's circle in Taiwan. And back then, it was just really unheard of and something that was just so strange for me. But the moment I stepped into that space amongst, it was just four or five of us, women and mothers that you've seen, you know, you see it normally, but then we were in a setting that was safe, sacred, raw. And it was led by this amazing um, spiritual guide. Uh, her name is Kayla, and she's still my spiritual guide till, till today. But in sitting in that space and experiencing meditation, women's circle, um, higher powers, and just allowing yourself to be and to share changed me forever. Mm. So powerful. Transformational. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> you totally get it, right? Well, I mean, it's not so much like I get it, right? Because we're sharing your journey and your story here. And everyone's everyone's journey is different. Um, and how everyone gets to that point of transformation, of realization, of surrendering, of letting go uh, varies, right? And yes, some encounter in a, on a spiritual pathway, others don't. It's more scientific, more logical, you know, whatever works for the individual. Uh, but I am curious to have us go into how your experience, you know, surrendering to um, to coming home to yourself, you know, when you decided to tell your husband, you know, no more work for me, I, I need time for myself. And, you know, as a mom, I will be present for the kids and as your wife as well. Uh, but to be truly uh, there for you yourself during that time, how did your experience with, uh, you know, you said earlier, uh, diving back into your creativity. Um, I believe you said earlier when we began that you're a certified meditation teacher. So, you know, how did that lead you to go take these courses um, to then eventually figure out that you wanted to hold space for other women by starting the Lotus Pond? And obviously, this is very much tied into your own journey that you just shared with us that resonates with your offerings to, to other people, right? To other women, uh, individuals uh, in, in this space. So if you could, I know that was a mouthful, but if you can kind of just 
take us on this, you know, other chapter. We're moving, we're moving to, you know, the chapter, the book hasn't, the book hasn't ended yet. Um, But, you know, we're just, we're just going through, you know, the first series here. (laughs) I love it. I love the way you've, um, yeah, like organized it for me. No, it's amazing. So just being, I think the moment I walked into this world, (laughs) there was no turning back because, um, it ignited something probably always within me, but that I just never knew. So in that space, I really dove into that women's circle. And from there, I started to really explore these mind, body, and spiritual techniques that I've never um, experienced. But then as I went through the process of just finding different courses and different techniques, I started just getting remnants of it, even from my childhood, like my mom in in a lot of ways was spiritual in her own right. So there were a lot of things that kind of connected me back to my own childhood spirituality that I never knew existed. Um, Just for, you know, fun example, um, in these meditation circles and just my own practices, I felt myself deeply connected and called to Guan Yin you know, our goddess of compassion. And she just kept showing up. And it was so touching and transformative for me in experiencing unconditional love for myself for the first time. And in turn, that translates into compassion for others. So that even kind of drew me back into childhood days when I would remember my mom um, just those nightmare days, like, you know, when you're young, can't go to sleep, and she would play these chants and music of Guang Ying. So really felt that. And and even without me knowing it, then I knew those were cues and just signs that this feels right. And you can't really explain it. But I started to trust myself more and more. Um, I had a lot of spiritual teachers along the way, um, mostly in Taiwan. And I think once I kind of used up all my resources, I was still craving more. And so that is when um, I started looking outwards, outwards um, to programs in the States, everywhere in the world. And there was also a part of me that wanted to have more grounding research because I could feel myself during that period of time. It was necessary, but I was transcending almost like out of my body. I was having a lot of these out-of-body experiences. And again, my children are my grounding point. So I was like, I still need to be back here. I still need to be, um, you know, physically connected and be grounded to, to incorporate both the grounded physical form and the spiritual experiences. So I was like, let me do some research on this. Like what, what, where can I get more information and just kind of the next level. And next thing you know, truly, I was looking for programs outside in the States and Columbia University Spirituality, Mind, Body Institute ad just popped up as I was researching. And when I was looking over this program, I was I, I was in awe because it was everything that I needed. It was um, spirituality uh, backed by science, but the curriculum wasn't academically driven. It was more of an experiential, um, exploratory. And I didn't, I, I, I just knew I had to do it. And I didn't even think twice, knowing that I'm here in Taiwan and whatnot. I didn't really think about it. I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. And when I got in, it was one of the most, it was like the best moment of my life. 
where again, that was a moment where I finally did something that I intentionally set out and it was something for me. And just these moments were so different from, let's say, years ago when everything I did was for others unknowingly and I wanted to. But so this transition of coming back home, like you said so beautifully, just doing things from your heart and for you. And as you're doing it for you, you know that this is only going to be good for others around you as you take care of yourself. So getting into the program, it was amazing. And I spent a good three years um, hybridly. And it was during COVID. So luckily, I was able to experience the first year and a half um, back and forth. And it was just amazing, amazing, amazing um, programs and professors to explore all sorts of mind-body spiritual techniques, you know, within the clinical psychology lens, but also just, just also being connected to individuals that really, really come from a place of intentionality and curiosity. And it's funny because, you know, going into a school system, it brought back that corporate Jessica where I'm like, okay, there's a goal and um, I got to I gotta get these grades. Like it just kind of normal, just naturally came through. And it was, again, a surrendering process because through the process, you asked me, how did I figure out where I was going to, where I am today? I really thought I was planning everything out, but the more I planned, the more resistance came. And I was trying so hard to figure out what is, again, what is my purpose? Why am I here? Like, there must be a reason. And the more I, the more um, I pushed, I think it just, it was, it was a natural answer to be like, no, you just got to let go and just see for yourself. And it wasn't until the last year at this program, um, this professor and her programs kind of came, just kind of appeared. And it was Dr. Ethan. Orly Athens' work on matrescence, um, which is essentially the development, the psycho, bio, social, everything you can think of, development changes of a woman turning into a mother, and how that terminology alone explains so much of what a person um, goes through um, in terms of change and then how that in of of itself um, can change a person from even a spiritual level. So I really resonated with that. And at that moment, I realized that's what happened to me. (laughs) That was what happened to me. So it was a calling for me to combine what I learned from a spiritual standpoint with motherhood. And it just opened my mind and my, my, my mind, my heart to this whole new world of, wow, it's not just me. There's so many women all around the world that experiences these collapses within their hearts, but they're not heard, they're not spoken, they're not shared, there's not enough resources to help them like I've been helped. And I was one of the lucky ones to be able to, you know, come come over to the other side. So I think it was that moment um, that last year that really prompted me to create something after my studies and the Lotus Pond just naturally came, (laughs) came to form. 
and it wasn't a, just a overnight process. I think it's, you know, ebbs and flows and it kind of just came together and here I am today. Well, I, um, I'm trying to be mindful of our time, but I, 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 I do want to ask you this one very important thing because I had, I had taken notes on it and I, I want to address it. Earlier on in the conversation, you had pointed out that one of your role models and someone you looked up to and was a very um, pivotal person, and I'm sure till this day still is, was your, is your mom. You know, you had you had mentioned that, and I I was I was curious to hear your um, uh, perspective on this question I have for you, which is during this journey you've gone through. You know, when you said I, you know, you became a young mother very early on, which was unexpected. It wasn't part of your trajectory, right? And um, you know, you had your first, then three years later you had your second. Um, it sounds like both of them weren't quote-unquote like planned like it wasn't like you guys planned to you know uh, it just happened right and and of course like you said it's a very it's a blessing it's it's a beautiful thing um, especially now we live in a day and age where fertility is a big topic right a lot of people who want to conceive are having trouble so I just was curious throughout this whole timeline um did you speak to your mom about these struggles that you're going through or seek her for her advice um, on, you know, as you, as, a, as you're, you know, you're a mother too, uh, to connect with her on that level or at some point um, discuss with her, you know, her perspective or her guidance or share with her uh, that process, right? Because even with the Lotus Pond, it's very much a generational, you know, you had a, your mom and she had her mom, your grandma and so forth, right? So I, I just wanted to put that question out there um, and see if you've ever thought about it or, um, yeah. That is so beautiful, Jen. Thank you for asking that. No. Oh my goodness. My mom was everything. If I didn't have my mom throughout the whole process, I don't know what I, I don't know where I would be. And mothers, um, you know, these mother daughter relationships Although, you know, at times it can be very difficult, but they're also one of the closest, like, souls um, that are gifted to us because it's almost as if you don't need to ask and they know what you need. And so in terms of conversations, you know, I don't think we've ever had specific conversations, but it's always in these looks and in these gestures that you know they get it without you even need to speak about it. You know what I mean? Like you are tired and they'll pick up the pieces. <laughs> You're a mess and they'll cook for you. They'll put together a whole meal. Um, you're crying. You're a mess. And, you know, and they'll just show up in ways that you don't even need to ask. And I think it's in these, just these gestures that you just know between one another that you realize that they've been through the same thing as you. All women and mothers go through the same thing, but then there is this there's a silent connection that you don't you just know. And without that support, um, I don't again, I don't know where I would have I were, where I would be. And my kids just love her and that's an extra bonus because um, they are just 
she is just as she is a mother just as I am a mother to them. That's how close and how necessary I think the support of a mother, a grandmother is in our life and through this time. Mm. Very beautiful relationship there. Uh, Okay, I am going to kind of basically (laughs) wrap us up here. I want to thank you again for sharing your chapters with us and how you you know, how your life timeline led you to where you are today and the many offerings that you share uh, with the world. What keeps you grounded? So this is like my, my, my ending questions, right? So I was like, what keeps you grounded uh, on your day to day? Um, What resources you would share with those who are listening, who might resonate with your storyline? So, you know, those could be, could be books. It could be, you know, Um, a hobby it could be podcast it could be you know anything um and then the last one is always you know what would you tell your younger self now what you like what would you tell your younger self what you know now or even you know it could be like your two cent to the audience so these three questions to wrap us up to keep me grounded i Every morning I wake up and the first thing I do is journal. I do my morning pages and I follow up with a meditation. And in this meditation, I set my intention for the day. And without it, I could feel immediately the difference. So morning pages and meditation for the day. And resources. You do all this before the kids get up. <laughs> I try to. I try to, but you know, I also offer myself grace in moments where maybe I don't get to do it before they wake up. So I'll do it afterwards. And if there are, if, you know, if your morning kind of just um, not going as planned, you can do this anytime or skip a day. But I try to do this as much as I can because I could just spot the difference. And it really mm. keeps me grounded focused <laughs> yeah yeah nice I just thought I you know again you know it's never very perfect right so I you know everyone has busy schedules is so how do you fit that in right as a with kids little kids at home oh for so, sure yeah. I think even just like uh, slipping a moment of you know a short meditation even if it's a few breaths um, is so helpful in just collecting yourself back because because yeah, we're 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 just individuals that's constantly going, going, going. So I think just even finding a few minutes of time for yourself for a day, even if it's not journaling, just to ground yourself makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. And I love the aspect of resources. So recently, my go-to resource, and I, it's funny that we talked about it in our our session, is creativity. I think being creative. And finding what creativity is to you is a resource that is just uncomparable because it's fun, it's out of the box, and it takes you away from just normal everyday living. So I think finding something that is of creative inspiration to one is everything. (laughs) I love it. And I really encourage anybody to just 
be creative. And creativity doesn't have to necessarily be in the format of like writing or drawing or podcasting. It could even be creative, creativity in the way you live, you know, um, shifting and being open-minded, being curious, um, having that willingness to do things a little different. I think that can really shift and move the energy and allow you to get to know yourself at a different level. Mm. I agree. I think that's very useful. (laughs) (laughs) As you can tell, it helped me greatly. Mm. And uh, yeah, the two cent younger self message. To believe in yourself. Just to believe in you and believing in you and loving yourself. It seems so simple, but in turning the attention and love inwards, Mm. your whole life shifts. So I will tell my younger self to love herself a little bit more. Well, you're doing it every day now, so you know it's uh it's adding on. It's it's the lost years are catching up. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and these lost years were so invaluable. So I have them, all these chapters of my life to thank, and mm. really grateful to be here today. Mm-hmm. So I will put um, all your links in the episode resources below so people can reach out to you sign up for your newsletter um reach out for a consultation if they like um and then you do have events and you have monthly meditation um, offerings that people can look into uh what would you like to add if anything before we close off and say farewell I just want to say thank you, Jen. Thank you for creating this platform for people like me to just show up and share our truth and our stories. I think it is so important to hold spaces like this. And I want to thank you. This is a beautiful, creative, spiritual space for people to just show up and be themselves. And what a gift that is. So thank you. Well, thank you for sharing. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jen. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening to Curito Connects. For more Connects content, collaborations, and discoveries set to inspire you on your own individual journey, please head to our website at www.curito.co. Until next time, stay inspired and thank you for joining us at Curito Connects.